you're listening to the podcast series with her in pain and i am your host arushi hello and welcome to another episode with us when it comes to women besides the fact that they are understudied and so they're generally more prone to having understudied difficult to diagnose conditions they're also highly prone to being disbelieved and dismissed and so sandwiched between these two interconnected issues women often find themselves stuck in a confusing and horrifying web and to understand this better in this episode uh, we will be speaking to priya who has truly uh, seen one of the worst sides of the issue and has undergone unnecessary number of surgeries taken unnecessary medicines and has been dismissed through and through her journey Thank you so much for agreeing to uh, speak to us Priya and uh, and on behalf of uh, the society and doctors and your loved ones I'm extremely sorry for what uh, you've had to go through and I hope uh, things get better for you soon and for uh, for all of us as women Thank you Arushi Could you tell us a little bit about uh, your journey with appendicitis and your urinary condition Okay So um I started having the appendicitis symptoms when I was around 15 so I was in my 10th standard uh initially I was in a lot of pain so we guess it was just a stomach flu indigestion problem uh but since it continued over a long period of time my parents took me to the doctors and they tried to diagnose it with multiple tests but um to no avail we went through various doctors same stuff happened over and over again so after a few months my parents started thinking i was lying and i was trying to escape my board exams i was trying to escape studying um my mother even said at one point that maybe i was just trying to seek attention it was just something that happens when you are a teenager um my uh, my father even tried to hit me once because he was so frustrated as to how much money is being spent on my supposed illness and uh, nothing is coming uh through it and um yeah so doctors friends family are like this is suggested that i should discontinue eating junk and carbs because all the tests were okay i had nothing going on with me everybody said something is uh, it's just i'm overthinking it everything is in my head uh what were the range of uh, misdiagnoses and uh, fa- faulty lines of treatments that were suggested to you uh for appendicitis i had to stop that was all i had to stop eating junk that was all. sometimes uh, yeah most of them told me that i should eat gluten free products that is i should stop having uh wheat and carbs and everything i should stop eating junk basically which i did i was not e- into eating junk everybody just dismissed it as a digestion problem that okay she might be going through some indigestion that is all but no I was going through something way worse than it. It was painful. It was extremely painful. I could not sleep at night. And even my teachers at school started saying that okay, she is doing this so that she you know, she has to skip giving exams. She does not have to come to school anymore. Right. And and what about your urinary condition? Okay, so my urinary symptoms they started showing when I was a kid i don't even remember how old i was i maybe i was 3 or 4 and i think it was with me forever since i was born i guess because um i don't know exactly when it started 
So I used to visit the loo a lot because I had this urge to urinate frequently. However, when I went to the washroom, like literally nothing happened. I just, and I was too embarrassed to tell anybody. I told my parents, they said everything's in my head. Again and again and again, I was told the same thing, that everything is in my head. Mm. Right. And um, so what were the lines of treatment? Did you ever end up seeing the doctor for the condition? Uh, yes, because see, my family has a lot of doctors and everyone suggested, these doctors in my family, they suggested that I will be cured when I grow up and I get married. And uh, even as a kid, I was told this and instead of finding out the reason for this and my parents were like, okay, obviously, because they trusted these people, they trusted these doctors in my family. So my whole childhood, I was under the impression that it is normal to visit the loo this frequently. The doctors... In my family, they said that, okay, this is psychological. And once I get a hold over my mind, I can control these urges. Mm. All my pleas, my cries, they went unheard. I, mm. This is what, yeah. Mm. So I did not uh, go visit the doctor till I was in my college. Because the doctors in my family said all of this and my parents were okay with it. That mm. okay, yeah, nothing is happening. It's all in her head. Mm. So nobody took the initiative to take me to the doctor. Hmm. It was when I got to know that, okay, this is, my peers don't visit the loo this frequently. That is when I told my parents that, okay, I, I really need to go to the doctor, I think. I was 19. I was 19 when this happened, I remember. Uh, the doctors, I'll tell you what the doctors told me. They told me that uh, my urinary passage is narrow and then they decided that I need an endoscopy and they conducted one on me without anesthesia, which was extremely painful. And I was discharged the same day. I was told that everything will be fine, which of course it wasn't. But no tests were conducted before this endoscopy was done. They simply asked me if I had MediClaim and they told my parents if this isn't done urgently, it will last a lifetime. So basically we were under a lot of pressure to do it just about now. And of course, we were scared. So we proceeded with the procedure, the endoscopy. Mm. This was my first, this mm. was when uh, the first incident happened. The first doctor, uh, the first surgery. So uh, the frequent urination, the dribbling of underpants, which is obviously very embarrassing. The nocturia, it continued. I So note that this isn't just frequent urination. This disrupted my life. It It is extremely embarrassing for me to visit the washroom every now and then during lectures at university during meetings at work people sometimes look at you like like you're crazy or you're just trying to escape the meeting you're just trying to escape the lectures on top of that having nocturia is terrible mm -hmm. i keep getting up at night to visit the loo mm -hmm. which results in me not getting enough sleep which mm -hmm. makes me sleepy during the day and mm -hmm. I, most of my days go around in a haze. Mm -hmm. You know, I have headaches. I have frequent headaches too because I do not get enough sleep. I mm -hmm. do not get normal sleep. Mm -hmm. So also I've been stuck in this vicious cycle of consuming caffeine mm -hmm. to stay awake mm -hmm. because I haven't had enough sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And then visiting the loop twice as much because mm -hmm. caffeine is a diuretic. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware I should not have caffeine mm -hmm. because it creates a bladder. But I have no other option. Mm -hmm. Considering I never get enough sleep to even function properly during the day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I uh, needed frequent naps during the day to just function. So before mm -hmm. studying, during my university days before studying, I used to take a quick nap so that I get a little fresh. But then people around me started calling me lazy. That, oh, you're just lazy. You just keep sleeping all day, which is, but nobody will understand what mm. I am going through until, until they go through it. Mm. And um, 
so after i was 19 after all of this happened the uh, first surgery the first endoscopy after 2 years i again gathered the courage to go request my parents to take me to a doctor and uh, this was one of the best recommendations that i had got again through my family doctors i got through this uh, a uh, great suggestion of going to a very well renowned urologist mm-hmm. in my town mm-hmm. and um, they diagnosed me with a weak urinary bladder mm-hmm. and they decided that i need to have an urgent surgery performed wherein they will uh, burn the entrance of my urethra so that the urine uh, it passes without any problem so even though the diagnosis looked faulty to me because you know weak bladder and burning the passage of Uh, the urinary tract it was we just went through it because we trusted the doctors and we had no other option we did not know what we i was going through because i've never uh, come into contact with somebody who has gone through the same problem as me nor have my parents nor have any not as anybody in my family ever so we had to trust the doctor because that is what we do we trust the doctors so um after the surgery the same thing continued even after this mm-hmm. i was ever then i was referred to a neurologist mm-hmm. by the same urologist mm-hmm. who performed the surgery on me so when i went through to the neurologist he made me go through some mri and ct scans and he said that i have a pinched nerve a nerve that was pinched uh, it was going through my brain to the bladder and it is uh, and hence the bladder has become weak again the neurologist referred to me referred me to a physiotherapist who taught me some kegel exercises and uh, it has been 3 years now but no amount of exercises have helped me mm-hmm. no amount of going through all these doctors have helped me and now i've started thinking people don't take me seriously nor do the doctors nor do my parents they just think that everything is in my head because that is what even now even after going through all these procedures going through all these doctors uh, my parents tell me that all of this is in my head i should just control the bladder as if as mm. if it is if, if as if it was possible i would have done it long ago but no mm. yeah i've I been understand. told that uh, things will get better when i get married mm. uh, that is one of the most absurd things mm. i've heard till now that i've just all of this is just to seek attention just to escape studying just to escape being it's just a, a passage for me to being a lazy person you know it's just an excuse yeah but so yes it is terrible living like this i yeah. can imagine i can imagine trias i i really feel for you priya and uh, so i imagine that uh, you must have uh, lost a lot because of your condition and the series of misdiagnoses faulty treatment dismissal and unkindness that you've received from uh, from everywhere so um, what do you think has been some of the most uh, important things you've lost which you wouldn't have lost if uh, if people were just more empathetic um i feel like i would have studied better as in performed better in my studies also i feel like i would have had better relationship with my parents because this has impacted my mental health to the extent that i now don't like sharing stuff with them because i understand they are empathetic they are caring they take they have taken me to various doctors but uh, it's it's just that nothing is happening and it's not their fault that doctors cannot diagnose my condition but uh, the 
the frequent dismissal of how I'm feeling, what is happening to me. Everything is just too much to comprehend, even for me now. I feel like, okay, this is just the way of life. This is just how I'm meant to live. Mm. Um, I think I will perform better in my work too if, you know, I do not have this constant headache that is controlling my life uh, because of lack of sleep. Mm. Mm. No, I can understand. So, um there, there are a lot of aspects of, about your story that I kind of want to uh, understand better and talk about. So uh, you mentioned that you had a surgery to expand your urethral passage. So, um, I mean, what was it like? I mean, uh, I mean, what what was your experience with the surgery? Uh, uh, you know, what impact did it have on you? And um, do you do you really think i mean how unnecessary do you think it was it was extremely unnecessary i feel like the doctors i do not want to point fingers at any fraternity but i feel like the doctors they just wanted to get money out of us because they said that okay if you have mediclaim then why not go through it and i think that if i had said that i do not have mediclaim maybe they would have uh, charged me less I guess because um, I'm sure pretty sure they would have told me to go ahead with the surgery the procedure the endoscopy mm. uh, it was extremely painful I was not given an anesthesia but I was ready to go through it I was willing to go through it because I felt like okay now I, now I will have a new life a better life mm. a normal life mm. but I was extremely depressed when none of this happened even after a few months so the doctor told me that it will take a few months for me to recover from this and for me to get better but no it did not happen I feel like he was just buying time for uh, me to get better maybe that okay after a few months you will get better but no and I do not think the problem is uh, widening my urinary passage no so were there any long-term or short-term impacts of uh, the surgery? Um, I did see a lot of blood in my urine till a few days after the surgery. But after that, no, everything returned to normal. Normal as in my normal. What used to happen mm -hmm. before. It was the same as before. Right. Um, so uh, another thing that has impacted your life uh, is, is your sleep. Uh, and so I yes. just wanted to understand how that impacts your life and your uh, mental well-being. Um, not being able to sleep at night is exhausting. I have to wake up frequently because when I am a light sleeper, whenever some, some noise happens, I have to wake up and go to the washroom, irrespective of whether I have a free, I have an extreme urge to urinate or not. This has become a way of life for me. Um, I have told the doctors about this and they said that this is nocturia and they did prescribe me some medicines, but none of it helped. I My days go around in a haze. I, I, I can't even uh, drive properly my car. I cannot even drive properly sometimes because I feel like, okay, I will uh, fall asleep at the wheel, which is very dangerous for everybody. Yeah. So, um, do you believe that financial difficulty uh, in some senses or any kind of economic handicap was the reason behind what has happened to you? Um, not really, because uh, 
I understand that we have a MediClean and for big surgeries, we get the benefit of MediClean. But I'm, see, endoscopy, the first procedure that was done on him, done on me, uh, was not a surgery in the sense. And uh, I had to go get various medicines for it, for which my father was very upset with me that, okay, you are spending a lot of, uh, we are spending a lot of money on you for this. Nothing is coming out of it. So it's all in your head. You just have to get a control, a hold over your head. You have to control all of this urge that you have. And he kept giving me his example. That, so what? Sometimes I also have to get up uh, and um, visit the washroom at night. Uh, we all have to do it. You are not special. This happens to everyone. But this happens a lot more to me than what would happen to a normal human being. So this constant comparison between my condition and his condition, which is not a condition, mm -hmm. just affected a, just affected me a lot. And I stopped telling him about uh, my difficulties. To what extent do you believe that um, gender, your gender was a factor uh, in terms of, you know, what you've gone through and how people have behaved with you? Yeah, um, I think it plays an important role because um, this is um, this is the mentality that is ingrained in not only in Indian culture, it's all over the world. This this happens. Uh, females' problems have always been looked down upon. Even uh, even my mother sometimes feels that okay, this. You know, this is not this just because you're a woman, you're going through this. And uh, we, we don't believe that you're going through this because it's all in your head. I believe that if I was a guy, sorry, if I was a man, I would have uh, been given better opportunity to visit various doctors, not only limited to two that I've been through. And uh, my concerns would have been better heard. I would not have been told that you will get better when you get married. I would not have been told that everything is in your head. I'm pretty sure it would have been a better life for me with good diagnosis. I think even doctors would have uh, helped diagnose my condition better if I were a man. Because I also feel like a lot, they, even the doctors have a lot of precedence for male conditions and not a lot for female conditions. So, yes, I believe that if I was a man, I would have been much, much better. By now, I'm 24 years old. I was, I'm going through this since I was a kid, since I was four years old. Hmm. So um, your experience with surgeries uh, has been quite uh, excruciating. And uh, when we spoke the last time, you really did talk about, you know, the extent to which, I mean, I think you were uh, bedridden for like two months and uh, you, you went through a lot of pain. Yes. And, uh, I was bedridden for two months, wherein... Uh, I, I had to so what happened was that the blood after the surgery it used to come out the flakes used to come out with the urine and since I was uh, since I was bedridden and a catheter was fixed inside uh, my bladder um, I had to pump out the flake the blood flakes that were coming out of it because it stopped my, uh, the flow of urine inside my bag inside the urinary bag that was um, with me Right. Mm. So I had to take the injection. There's this injection which we use as a pump to take that out of the uh, catheter. 
and it was i had to run twice at night to the hospital because my catheter was blocked and my bladder was full now i am not sure if my bladder was full at that time or not but i was feeling like it was full because that is what happens to me since my bladder is weak i feel like my bladder is full when it is not so false alarms they happened i had to go to the doctor um the hospital was very far away and it was at night and my parents screamed at me that what is happening and we have done so much for you and still you are not getting well you get problems over problems over problems so it was i was very embarrassed to even tell them i was scared to tell them that i am facing this problem because i've heard that if you do not get the uh, urine out of the bladder within a few hours at least the bladder will burst of course i was very afraid for my life i had to tell my parents i had to wake them up i had to tell them and they screamed at me that oh we we have been going through so much for you and this is happening again and again but of course that was not my fault nobody told me at that time i thought everything is my fault i i just i'm really concerned priya so um these excruciating experiences these uh, uh unnecessary number of surgeries i mean you've constantly been under uh, some or the other kind of uh, medical scrutiny at various points so um has this uh, i mean have doctors even had a full conversation with you before conducting these surgeries uh, i mean how much uh, counseling did you do you think you got before uh, you know getting under under the knife at that point i was really afraid of what might happen if this was not treated uh urgently because the doctors told me both the doctors both the surgeries they told me that okay if you do not get this done within a month you will uh this will last a lifetime and at that point we as a family did not understand what was happening we were like okay the doctor is saying this is going to happen we will have to go through this mm. also both my doctors were male doctors mm. i believe that if it was a female urologist to which i had gone to i would have been at least heard at least understood because i also believe that there's some uh, gap this understanding gap that happens between a female patient and a male doctor because they do not ask me those questions which a female doctor would not hesitate to ask and they did not ask me anything i remember i they just told me that okay they just conducted some tests on me they told me what they, they asked me about my symptoms yes and i explained it to them in detail and then they said okay we will conduct these surge, uh, these uh, tests and after the test came the results came they said that you are going through this and this and to uh, correct it we will have to go through this operation we will have to do this uh, procedure on you and see we are not medically equipped to understand what is happening that is why we go to the doctors and okay. uh, when the doctors yeah they tell you that okay this is what the diagnosis is this is what needs to be done to correct it we believe them we go through with the process after that okay yeah the doctor's responsibility is over the the procedure works on you or not is not their fault so so uh, in you know um, in light of the fact that you know you weren't able to get a diagnosis and uh, uh, you were being suggested lines of treatment that just weren't working um 
how much time do you think you were spending on individual research because like a lot of women do that a lot of women when they uh, when they're not getting uh, satisfactory answers they they sort of reach out to the internet and uh, reach out to uh, to different communities um or or you know even uh, a lot of times turn to alternative uh, medic medicines like uh, ayurveda homeopathy etc so uh, so did you do any of these things did you turn to uh, you know researching or did you turn to alternative medicine uh yes of course i reached out to the internet i started searching about what is happening to me and most of the articles that came up said that yeah maybe i have a weak bladder and i will have to do kegel exercises to correct it i used to do the kegel exercises i i still do it i still do it in fact but i do not see any more improvement than i would have a few years ago it's all the same so mm-hmm. now i've started believing that whatever the doctors diagnosed me with that is a weak bladder is not correct mm-hmm. because my bladder would have become strong by now if uh, i have been doing these exercises within uh, since the last 3 or 4 years Also yes I did uh, try out homeopathy medicines but uh, the doctors uh, they did not uh, the doctors said that it will take a few years for it to work on me because homeopathy just works like that and um, I had to discontinue it because after a year or two I could not see any improvement nothing mm-hmm. no improvement not even one bit so I discontinued it naturally because by now my trust in doctors has faded away I do not trust any doctors. I do not trust any articles on the internet. I am just living with my condition here. I do not want to reach out to doctors enough because they just want to operate on me. That is all. Every doctor I go through, instead of um, diagnosing me, the first thing in the first meeting they will say that okay, we will have to conduct the surgery on you. I cannot go through any more surgeries enough to fix this condition. I have learned to live with it now. Hmm. So, um, in in light of these experiences, how has uh, your body awareness uh, changed? And uh, I mean, has it uh, impacted the confidence, uh, the basic confidence one has on their body in terms of you know, um, you know, uh, people people don't uh, you know think a hundred times uh, before traveling to a place that you know uh, this or that might happen to their body and they might just uh, uh, you know uh, lie helpless at some point and nobody's going to help. So, have any of these feelings uh, bothered you at some point? Yes, of course. So uh, when I travel through airplanes, I will have to take the aisle seat instead of the window seat, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. I do not uh, inconvenience a passenger mm-hmm. sitting next to me. Because mm-hmm. I have to visit the loo frequently. Um, I literally there's dribble of urine on my underpants every day, mm-hmm. and nobody wants to live with that. Trust me, nobody mm-hmm. wants to live with that. Live with the moist condition that happens around there. It is. Do you understand how what it means for me to live like a four-year-old who has to change her panties every now and then because there's urine all over it. Mm. 
you mentioned priya that uh, you know uh, in many ways people around you made you feel like um, you know you were disrupting the lives of people around you you were uh, you were troubling them uh, and uh, just um, you know not being able to kind of live with it or making a big deal out of something uh it often and it's very understandable that it can lead to feelings of guilt or shame within a lot of people and in fact a lot of women struggling with um, serious health conditions often feel uh, that way and are made to feel that way uh, by their families by by you know the the people who are supposed to love you the most uh, very often so um did you feel uh, a sense of uh, shame and a sense of guilt uh, you know in terms of you know you making the lives of people around you miserable yes of course so um what happened was that uh, i sometimes sleep with my mom so when i have to wake up frequently i have to go to the washroom and it disrupts her sleep and then i will be blamed for her not being able to function the next day because of what i have to go through also when i used to stay in my hostel during my university days uh my friends used to uh come with me used to uh, stay with me sometimes we had to uh, we party during the night and uh, i could not i i could not uh, stay awake with them because i used to fall asleep because i am mm. continuously sleep deprived i'm perpetually sleep deprived and uh, i do not mm. think that a lot of uh, problems have occurred to my uh, surrounding people in terms of their lifestyle but i do feel that yes they go through a lot because they too feel a sense of shame you know when i am with my parents and i am with my relative relatives and the, the relatives see that i have to go to the washroom i visit the uh, frequently most of the time people comment on that oh is is something happening to her why is she going to the washroom so much and there's nothing that my parents can say because of course they are also embarrassed to speak out about what is happening there are a lot of uh, talks mm. happening behind my back about oh oh she's just going mm. what is happening to her this is some something might be wrong with her mm. so priya how do you deal with all these things uh, not just with the guilt and shame but um, you know uh, physically emotionally mentally and in fact even financially and professionally how do you deal with uh, these things i just have to push through there is no other option for me because i have tried everything to correct it and mm. nothing is working on me and i just feel like I still have a little bit of hope that a better doctor or a, a doctor who has uh, seen a precedent about this might be able to help me but I have not been able to um, get any doctor like that to love uh priya you mentioned that uh, you know the way people around you uh, your family doctors everybody have uh, uh, you know constantly uh, dismissed you and even said things like get married and you'll be fine um i mean you mentioned that it has impacted your relationships uh, with your parents but what about 
other relationships and other ways in which your uh, relationship has been impacted uh, with with uh, some of the most cardinal cardinal uh, people in your life um i feel like my relationship with my sister has improved because uh, now that we've grown up she has finally started understanding me she has finally started uh, seeing what i go through and empathizing with me and uh, I think in my family she's the only one who I can uh, confide about confide in about this situation enough whenever I feel that low whenever I feel shame guilt about what is happening with me also my friends my female friends now that we've grown up we've become more aware and sensitive about the surroundings and about people in general and I am very happy that at least my friends understand me my 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 sister understands me and that is the only consoling uh, factor that I have in my life right now and uh, with the relationships which have been problematic in your life and continue to be problematic uh, how are you making peace with the with the problematic side of people who uh you know you somewhere know love you and uh, have always loved you um i just try to ignore the remarks now because i've tried to make them understand by speaking about it by having a discussion about it they have seen me go to the washroom a lot they have seen me uh changing my uh clothes a lot they have seen me going through this since i was a kid but even when they do not understand where i come from i have no option but to uh, stop talking about it even when they comment on anything that oh you started going to the washroom again a lot why are you going control it i i just ignore it there's nothing more i can do now priya so i i imagine that your relationship with the medical system might also have undergone uh, some sort of a change so um So you know how has your experience changed the way you feel about doctors and the medical system I feel like the medical system has um, not researched a lot on female problems because the doctors they keep on saying that not everybody goes through this we do not understand why this is happening to you even though now that I have been reaching out to people I know that a lot of females are going through this um I I I do not trust the doctors now because I feel like they some of the doctors see I don't want to blame the medical system I do not want to blame doctors because I know what they're doing they they're doing good but there are a few people because of whom I felt like I have felt like they're just trying to make profit they're just trying to operate on people which is which which has happened to me because i know for sure that what they have done to me was completely unnecessary completely unnecessary they promised me a million times that everything will be fine that this is what is happening that they have done all the tests required they have performed all the tests required and i will be better this time but no i cannot go under the knife again and again i i i, I just cannot because mm. Mm. I feel like they have failed me. They have failed me. We go to the doctors trusting them but this is so not done. Just putting somebody under the knife to I'm not saying to make money but even if you're not confident enough to know that you do not have a correct diagnosis you're putting them for surgery is 
not done i am a human being and yeah priya i think you have uh, gone through a lot and i'm sure that this experience has uh, um, helped you learn a lot of lessons not not to kind of um, uh you know say that the lessons were worth it uh, but i mean what is it that you would like to tell young women who are going through condition that nobody understands and doctors are not able to diagnose and uh, uh, you know and they are being uh, they are being dismissed uh, repeatedly you know the best advice i can give is that as soon as you get financially independent please please go start seeing the doctors sometimes i understand sometimes parents might not be willing to take you to the doctor because there are because of economic reasons or because they will just dismiss it as a uh, frivolous concern but i would strongly recommend you to please go to the doctor because this is not a female problem this is a this is a life problem it's a huge problem which needs to be corrected in order for you to live your life to the fullest and this should receive as much importance and as much awareness as any other disease should this is a disease you have to correct it this is not how i would want somebody else to go through in their life we all deserve to live a normal life full of um, good health absolutely absolutely priya um thank you so much for uh, for joining us priya and for uh, speaking to us uh, i uh, i feel like i personally relate a lot to to your story because my conditions have also been uh, similar to yours and um, uh, and i i don't know about a lot of people but it certainly helps uh, me and i'm uh, really hopeful it, it it's going to help others as well thank you so much yes Sure thank you for having me signing off this is arushi and i'm with her in pain and this is priya i'm with her in pain <laughs>